ghosts, spirits, entities, apparitions, call them what you will. I will be sharing some stories and first-hand encounters with such beings. Are they from an alternate realm, an alternate reality, shadow beings, or disembodied spirits from those who have crossed over or maybe have not yet crossed over? Spiritual energy trapped in a continuing timeline. I'm Neil Parks, your host for Paranormally Speaking. Please hold for an important message from our sponsor. Quarantining with a ghost, it's scary. For those who believe they're locked down with a spectral roommate, the pandemic has been less isolating than they bargained for. It started with the front door. Adrian Gomez lives with his partner in Los Angeles, where their first few days of sheltering in place for the coronavirus pandemic proved uneventful. They worked remotely, baked, took a two-mile walk each morning, and refinished their porcelain kitchen sink. But then one night, the doorknob began to rattle, vigorously, so loud he could hear it from across the apartment. Yet no one was there. In mid-April, Mr. Gomez was in bed when a nearby window shade began shaking against the window frame so intensely, despite the fact that the window was closed. An adjacent window shade remained perfectly still. The cats were all accounted for, and no bug nor bird or any other small creature had gotten stuck in there. That, Mr. Gomez thought at that point, it was perhaps a small earthquake. I very seriously hid myself under the comforter like you see in horror movies because it really did freak me out a little, he said. Now, though, neither he nor his partner noticed any unexpected or unexplained activity at home before this, the couple can distinctly make out footsteps above their heads. No one lives above them. I'm a fairly rational person, said Mr. Gomez, who is 26 and works in IT support. I try to think, what are the reasonable, tangible things that could be causing this? But when I don't have those answers, I start to think maybe something else is going on. They are not alone, possibly in more ways than one. For those who experience the self-isolation, it involves what they believe to be a ghost. Their days are not just by Zoom meetings and punctuated under that or homeschooling, but by disembodied voices, shadowy figures, misbehaving electronics, invisible cats, cozying up to them on the couch, caresses from hands that aren't there, and even in some cases, to borrow the technical parlance of Ghostbusters, free-floating, full-torso, vaporous apparitions. Some of these people are beyond frightened, and of course, others say they just appreciate the company. There is no scientific evidence for the existence of ghosts, a fact that has little bearing on our collective enthusiasm for them. According to a 2019 YouGov survey, 45% of U.S. adults believe in ghosts. In 2009, the Pew Research Center found that 18% of Americans believe themselves to have seen or otherwise encountered before stay-at-home restrictions in New York, Patrick Hens, 42, left Manhattan with his husband and daughter to spend six weeks at an adorable cottage in western Massachusetts that they rented in, on an uh, Airbnb. One night, Mr. Hens woke up around 3 a.m., the 3 a.m. time. 
we've been over this before. Thirsty for a glass of water. He said he walked into the kitchen and saw a white man in his 50s wearing a well-worn World War II-era military uniform and cap sitting at the table. It seemed perfectly normal in the split second before I realized, wait, what's happening? And I turned to look, but he was gone, said Mr. Hens, who is the host of the podcast True Crime Obsessed. It didn't feel menacing at all. It almost didn't even occur to me to tell my husband the next morning. If you were to accept the premise that ghosts are real, it stands to reason that some tension would naturally result once their flesh and blood roommates start spending much, much more time at home together. A couple of ghost hunters say they ran out of a Louisiana property compared to the Amityville Horror House after seeing a black mass that drained their energy and gave them chest pains. Ghost hunter Greg Matlock says after he called out for a sign of a spirit in the house, a door slowly swung open. Fellow ghost hunter Cindy Parr said a ghost had switched off the lights and drained energy in their devices. The duo, who have hunted ghosts for 20 years, claim it is the worst place they have ever stayed in. The house was listed for free on Facebook in March, and it's claimed the owner's great-grandmother haunted it. The Louisiana home that has been compared to the Amityville House, the House of Horror, of course, in Amityville, that is. The two ghost hunters in Louisiana have said they ran out of the home and have been comparing this house to the Amityville House. They were spooked by the paranormal activity. Don Vallat de Clout listed the 1930s property for free in March, and locals claim that the owner's great-grandmother Adele haunts the place. On a recent visit, Cindy Parr and Greg Matlock appeared to confirm the dead may be among them. They basically closed themselves off in this property during this pandemic lockdown and had a bird's-eye view of the activities and the going-ons in the house from morning, noon, and night. The footage obtained by the son, the pair who have haunt, hunted ghosts for 20 years, are heard reacting in surprise as they get a spook. What a way to word that. Matlock is heard calling out down a hallway for a sign of the spirit's presence. Matlock and Cindy Parr say they were spooked out of the house and began running away. The two-story home was built in the late 1920s to 1930s and housed several generations of a family over the years. Matlock said he called out for a sign. The door swung open and then abruptly slammed. He is then heard apologizing and says there's definitely something here. He didn't want to upset it any further. So they ran out when things got heated. This final tale of crazy ass jungle adventures. This one really struck a nerve with me as I was reading it. Um, I had to ask myself, is it actually in first person experience or was it told in second person narrative? So I'm just going to relay it as it was told to me. My name is Enrique and I am from Peru. I am a military man by profession and as such, I often travel to some of the most exotic and remote regions in my country. Five years ago, I had probably one of the most terrifying experiences of my life. Although it only lasted a few minutes, it felt like an eternity. A group of us from the Peruvian army were sent to conduct training exercises in the Department of the Amazons, which is in the north of the country and the border with Ecuador. The region is quite isolated and most of it is covered by rainforest. 
Our army barracks was located in a place called Mesones Moro. Part of our duties was to train the local recruits and the techniques of jungle warfare. Some of the men in the group were from a race of indigenous people who live in the rainforest. They call themselves Aguarunas. It was just after midnight when we came to a clearing and decided to make camp. Everything was dark and green. The moonlight couldn't penetrate the thick canopy of trees in the jungle. We were close to a single dirt road that was lined with stones. The night had progressed without incident, and there was no reason to think anything unusual would happen. But in the next few minutes, all of that would change completely. We sat watching the endless stretch of deserted road as the Aguarnos pitched the tents. The jungle is hot and humid, even at night, and sweat was trickling down my face. As I sat mopping my brow, I suddenly felt an icy wind, and at that moment it felt so cold that I began looking for somewhere to take shelter. It was so unusual that some of the men thought it might be a signal that a heavy rain was approaching. Sometimes the torrential rainfall is accompanied by cold winds. However, this was like the cold of winter all of a sudden. The kind of cold you feel take hold of your body right down to the bones. The Aguar and us abruptly stopped what they were doing and began whispering to each other in their own language. We couldn't understand what they were saying, but by the looks of their faces, they were terrified. When I asked them what was happening, I was shocked by their responses. One of them looked at me wide-eyed and hissed, approaching evil. Another tried to explain something or someone wanted to hurt us. All of a sudden, we heard a high-pitched whistling sound. It was echoing through the jungle. The Aguarnos suddenly blessed themselves, making the sign of the cross, and covered their ears. There is no sound, said one. His voice was shaking. I can hear nothing, cried another. One of my colleagues, a man named Raymond, turned to me with a puzzled expression. What's that whistling sound, he asked. No, shouted one of the Aguarnas. There is no silence. There is only silence, no sound. You can't hear that, asked Ramon. It's a high-pitched whistling sound like few, 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 few. In that moment, I couldn't tell what was going on, but I believe that the native peoples know things that most of us have forgotten. Seeing the frightened looks on their faces, I decided that it would be smart to do whatever they were doing, if only for the sake of superstition. I made the sign of the cross, then covered my ears and said loudly to my colleague, like they say, there is no sound. Have you all gone crazy? He said in disbelief. I can hear it with my own ears. Just then, there was a tremendous crash, as if several trees were splitting apart. What we saw in that split second was the most horrible thing I had ever laid eyes on. In my profession, I have seen some horrible things. I have seen people maimed. I've seen people die, but what I experienced that day was the scariest thing I had ever witnessed in my life. A black shape emerged from the jungle. It swooped down over us, and before anybody had a chance to react, it was gone. In an instant, it disappeared back into the jungle, and I was left crouching there, unsure if what I had seen was real or I had imagined it. No one moved, no one spoke a word. The silence was broken by one of the Aguarnas screaming, It took him! Looking to my left, I realized that Ramon was nowhere to be seen. 
and the place where he had been standing was seconds before there was nothing but dark green vegetation and a pair of empty boots. As a consequence of this apparition, two of my soldiers were hospitalized in a medical center nearby. The doctors said they were suffering from mental illness. According to the Yaguarnos, when this thing came out of the jungle and took Ramon, it also snatched their souls personally. I cannot explain what happened to them. Something turned them from brave soldiers into shaking hollow shells. I asked the Iguarnos what we had encountered that night. None of them would say it out loud, but one wrote it down on a piece of paper and handed it to me. He had scrolled El Tunchi. It means the whistling sound. I believe that good and evil really exist. And that night, I felt that we had experienced pure, unadulterated evil. However, that is not how my story ends. The Peruvian army launched an investigation into Ramon's disappearance. They listened to the testimony of the Iguanos, then dismissed them as little more than superstitious natives. When I tried to tell what I had seen, they were not convinced. I was interrogated for hours, during which they accused me of being delusional and asked if we had all been on drugs and suffered hallucinations. About a week later, I was back in the jungle, leading a patrol that consisted of several Aguanos and two other enlisted men. We were much deeper in the jungle than we had ever been before. When we came to a clearing, I heard one of the Aguanos suddenly cry out. He was pointing up into the trees. It was Ramon. His body had been strung up in the highest branches. It was a grisly sight. His body was sliced open from his neck to his waist. His guts were hanging out, and his intestines were draped across the branches. His legs were nothing but bones. Then we heard his voice begging and pleading for us to cut him down. I took a few steps forward, and one of the iguanos pulled out his hand and stopped me. It's not your friend anymore, he warned sternly. Look at him. How is he still alive? Be careful, warned another. It's a trick. In this way, it tries to lure us. Sure enough, when I strained my eyes to see, I realized that his mouth wasn't moving. He was obviously dead, and yet the begging and pleading continued. Another of the Aguarnos took aim and fired at Raymond's head. The bullet struck him right between the eyes. His head slumped to the right, and the cries for help ceased abruptly. When we got back from patrol that day, none of us said a word about it to our commanding officers. They would not have believed us anyway. My listeners share scary pet ghost stories. A few weeks ago, I mentioned that I was looking for listeners and people who read my work or uh, maybe have seen my YouTube channel to submit stories or encounters with ghostly pets, phantom animals, or dark animal spirits. <clears throat> One that was sent to me states that um, there was a cat that kept intensely watching the corners of the ceiling after his companion cat disappeared. Uh, made this person think of something that their cat, Morris, did frequently. Uh, he would sit on their lap every evening, sort of facing them at times. He would stare intently over their shoulders, and his eyes widened as it became very still. Uh, they felt foolish, but Every time, 
they'd look back and ask, what do you see, Morris? Needless to say, uh, what the heck are these cats looking at? Yikes. Uh, My dear little hazel cat used to do the same when she lived with me, so I'm figuring it is a common cat trait. We just don't know why they do it. Another listener says that my question about sensing or feeling the spirit of a departed pet uh, that they had experienced personally, but their husband had, they had not. Uh, They lost their beloved black cat several years ago, but still remember him fondly as their little Einstein cat because he was so intelligent. About a week after he died, the woman's husband called to her from the other room and when she got there, she had a strange, he had a strange look on his face, and he said that he had just felt something rubbing around his legs and ankles, just like their cat used to do. When he looked down, there was nothing there. It may just have been wishful thinking, but they like to think that it was a final farewell from their little buddy. Another story that was shared with me from a listener in Dublin, Ohio. I wanted to share my ghost story that I encountered when my dog passed away. One time when my husband was in the bathroom, he swore he heard Oscar bark his very deep, loud bark in the living room, only to find that it was empty. Another time, we both heard his nails clicking on the hardwood floors in the entryway, and of course there was nothing there. When Oscar was alive, he used to come in very early into the master bedroom and sigh very loudly to let me know he was up and hungry. When I heard it again, it really frightened me. So I shouted, Oscar, you're scaring mommy. Please wait for me in heaven. After that, we never heard from him again. From the Bay Area, this was sent to me from Alice. Suddenly, there was a loud pounding on my door of my apartment at 9.10 p.m. And I leaped up from three feet away and flung open the door, thinking it was my boyfriend in crisis. He lived about 45 minutes away. My cat, Mandy's hair, stood up all over. Never saw her do that before, and her pupils dilated. There was no one in sight. How did they disappear in two seconds? There was a cold chill, and the night was not that cold. Mandy backed into the corner, growling. Hair was still very erect. There was a sweet smell of flowers. Mandy crouched, growling for nearly five minutes. I felt the presence of my boyfriend's mother and sensed her questioning me as to whether I would be loyal and loving to her son. Getting the answer she wanted, I would eventually, everything including Mandy, went back to normal. The next morning, my boyfriend called me, deeply upset. His mother had died at 9.10 the night before. Well, there's, of course, uh, the Buxton Inn. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of that. And where's that exactly? Uh, that is in Granville. Okay, Granville. Uh, right. That's I think it's, what, like 40 minutes from here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 40 minutes east. Uh, that is a really interesting location. Uh, I was invited to, like, uh, my wife and I were invited. She's like the scully to my molder. Uh, oh, okay, so you guys do this together. All yeah, right, so do. Randy and I know about that. We do. Uh, she kind of ropes me in and keeps me from chasing the moon and werewolves. <laughs> and we were invited to, like, this murder mystery type dinner get to know each all the x-files nice and we we were invited as like the guests of honor they wanted me to 
tell some stories and read some excerpts from my book. Sure. And a lot of the people that were a part of it, it was like the movie Dinner for Schmucks. It was it was pretty funny. Oh, look at this place. This is yeah. nice. Yeah, it was, it was quite, yeah, it is a very nice location. Uh, the bar downstairs is like a dungeon. Mm. And I wonder if they used to keep people during the Renaissance era in that location. But since this land was not um, anything beyond uh, the New World before the Renaissance era, I doubt that that was ever a... a dungeon of torture but it, it does look pretty creepy and in fact a lot of weird things happen in that bar glasses are known to fly across the room a lot of girls when they go to change uh, certain containers for the drinks and whatnot or change the keg uh, they'll feel someone push or grab on them uh, i myself did not experience anything in the bar i did get a sense of something moving around that wasn't physical but what I experienced more was in the ballroom area where they have a lot of wedding receptions and uh, graduation dinners. Sure. There is said to be a ghost cat that runs around. Oh, ghost cat. Ghost cat. Do you have to do ghost litter? Ghost litter, yes. <laughs> ghost poops. Yeah, ghost poops. So, <laughs> what if it's like the worst part of a ghost cat is still smelled like a cat? And you're like, I don't even get to see this son of a bitch. Like, what? <laughs> it's just, smell it. It's just a cat. Yeah. So uh, you kind of want to set a can of nine lives out for it to see what happens. But we're sitting in, in one of the tables, and I notice uh, one of the table drapes that goes over the tabletop cloths. It's brushing almost like someone's rubbing their foot against it. And I pick it up to look under to see who's doing that because it's just my wife and I sitting here at this table. And I, I kid you not, I kit, kitten you not, this, this cat, uh, was under the table and all the doors were closed. No one could get in or out at this point. And it's just us, just physical people. And this cat, this solid white cat is under the table. It hisses at me just like that sound and then takes off. But it takes off to where? Because as soon as it disappears from our sight, it's just, it's gone. It was a cat. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. British athletes claim sex ghost is haunting their reality TV show. Well, that's one way to scare up publicity. Two British athletes starring on a reality show are claiming that a sex ghost seems to be haunting their hotel rooms. British Paralympian Kadena Cox and retired rugby star Gareth Thomas are two of the celebrities competing in The Jump, a British show where famous people compete in various snow sports. A ski jump with the stars, if you will. This season's first episode aired Sunday on the Channel 4 network. But the show is scaring up more attention for what's happening to the celebrities' hotel rooms. During the episode, the 25-year-old Cox reportedly asked for a new room after allegedly being sexually violated by a ghost. Another competing celebrity, Emma Parker Bowles, the Duchess of Cornwall's niece, said on the show that Cox was penetrated by some sort of paranormal entity. Thomas, 42, concurred. She had a ghost going in and out of her. She had a sleep thing, she said, according to the sun. She wishes it were a person. It was going in and out of her body. The feeling was apparently so real to her, she asked for a room change, as did Thomas. I wanted to move to different floors because 
when I'm hearing these ghost stories, I was at the very, very end of the corridor, and I got scared, he said, according to the Express. Cox and Thomas are just the latest semi-famous people who've claimed to have had ghost sex. Last year, Bobby Brown promoted his autobiography by claiming a ghost had sex with him. It wasn't, uh, he said he wasn't high, Brown told 2020. I wasn't tripping. In September of 2012, Kesha told Ryan Seacrest her song Supernatural was inspired by a Randy romp with a male ghost. It's about experiences with the supernatural, but in a sexy way, she told Seacrest. I had a couple of experiences with the supernatural. I don't know his name. He was a ghost, and I'm very open to it. The concept of ghost sex arouses a lot of interest. (laughs) Arouses, that's a good word. And there are some people, um, spectrophiliacs, who fantasize about spooky encounters. Debunkers, however, are quick to dismiss Ghost on Human Whoopee. Ben Radford, the deputy editor of Skeptical Inquirer magazine, calls such experiences hypnopomic and hypnagogic hallucinations. These vivid hallucinations, which can be sexual, are common to people who are going in and out of sleep. They are also usually harmless, Radford said in 2014, in the article for Seeker.com. Available to order now, my first audiobook, Neil Parks Presents Truly Terrifying Tales, narrated by me. It's ready to order and download on Bandcamp.com. My other books, of course, are always available to order on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Lulu.com. You can also order t-shirts that I designed, that I normally sell at conventions, festivals, lectures, and my book signings. I always have the 9-inch tall 3D printed Bigfoot silhouettes available, and last spring my first children's book was released. It was written by my good friend and fellow author, R.L. Walker. I illustrated this book, and it was a major shift in gears for me, considering that my writing and art style has always been dark and scary. To order any of what I just mentioned, you can also go to my email, which is parksparanormal at gmail.com. That is parksparanormal at gmail.com. Standing by. Elemental spirits. Elementals and elemental kingdom contain such creatures often considered to be mythical, such as fairies, goblins, gnomes, Elves, leprechauns, tree people, brownies, undines, mermaids, imps, and sylphs. They are known as elementals because they are made up of the ethers and are ethereal and therefore invisible to most of us. The task of elementals and the elemental kingdom is to look after the nature kingdom. Elementals are earth spirits. They live among plants and animals. They are responsible for the therapeutic effects you feel when outdoors amongst nature, at the beach and sea, all lakes and rivers and parks, and nature reserves, national parks and bushland. Elemental spirits possess supernatural powers and are usually invisible to humans living among the trees, rivers, plants, swamps, and mountains. They attach themselves to practically every natural thing. Earthly elements are metaphysical. They are the cause of earthquakes, floods, gales, thunderstorms, and wildfires. More importantly, 
earthly elements are responsible for creating, sustaining, and renewing life on Earth. The Legends of Knockamstiff. There's a little stretch of road that will lead you to one of the weirdest named towns in the Midwest. It's located just west of Chillicothe, Ohio, and was featured in Randy McNutt's book, Ghosts. The appropriately titled novel from Donald Ray Pollock, Knockamstiff, and in more than one article. Knockamstiff is a true ghost town. There are no main streets, no side streets, no traffic lights. It has virtually been lost in time. It's located near a rural back road intersection. There's no longer a post office, no stores, not even the bar McNutt describes in his book. The people who have remained there to this day didn't move to Knockamstiff, Ohio. They moved to what they so delicately refer to as the country. So many people have asked the same question. How did Knockamstiff get its name? There are a few stories. The most common account is that there was a violent brawl in the town tavern. Another story pertains to a woman who asked her pastor how she could get her cheating husband to stay home. Knock him stiff, he replied. One can't help but wonder how something that someone said during a conversation would become the name of an entire village. There are several hauntings and paranormal occurrences that take place in the Knockamstiff area, throughout the woods and the backcountry roads. One of these paranormal hotspots is the infamous Devil's Leap. This local ghost story is said to have been located behind the old McComas property. The Leap is a series of cliffs that are haunted by the ghost of a person who committed suicide. They supposedly leapt from the top when they were haunted by the voice of the devil in their head. The legend says that you are supposed to be able to hear them scream as they are still falling. The other yarn is a haunted location called Foggy Moor. The creepiest story out of Knockamstiff is that of the permanently foggy dip in the road known as Foggy Moor. One night, a lady and her daughter were driving home and happened upon a man lying in the road on his side with one hand propping up his head, smoking a cigarette. Instead of getting up and moving, the guy simply floated away, still lying down in that same position. The other creepy location in Knockamstiff is known by the name Donald's Pond. It's not the pond that's haunted so much as the forgotten cemetery behind it, which dates to the early 1700s. Dozens of local reports pertaining to the weird occurrences that have poured out from this location. For example, ghost lights, Native American ghosts, a ghost wolf, UFO sightings, spirits and sprites in the wilderness, possible gnomes, ghouls, and other mythological happenings and entities. This is what is seen regularly and talked about by eyewitnesses and the local residents who live near the old cemetery behind Donald's Pond. The story of Lindy Sue is a very chilling tale. She is said to be the ghost of a beautiful girl who wanders the backwoods of Knockamstiff. The legend says that she was parked with her boyfriend, Clem Slaterson, in a buggy on a bridge over Paint Creek. Some versions of the story refer to the boyfriend as Jason Slatterman, Slatterson. The point of the story is that they were parked and enjoying the beautiful full moon. An eerie silence enveloped the area. Then, without warning, dogs all over the area started howling uncontrollably. No one knew exactly what happened after that. 
but her body was later found on the bridge. Lindy Sue had been strangled, and the horse was found a couple of days later by a search party, apparently dead from fright. The buggy had been smashed into a dozen pieces, and a huge red mark was on her neck. There it appeared to be teeth marks. However, or whatever killed her, drained her of all of her blood. Clem was never found. Lindy's ghost is said to haunt the area to this day, but Clem has never been heard from. Perhaps he had something to do with her death, or whatever killed Lindy destroyed Clem from all existence. Some locals say that if you park on that bridge at night, you'll hear Lindy Sue crying out in terror from whatever it was that took her life. There are stories of something that lives in the woods around Knockhamstiff and scares the livestock and horses on a regular basis. Some owners have reported that their horses get so spooked by whatever it is that it will not even attempt to cross its path. It has also been said that this unseen evil would visit houses and wake up the homeowners by jumping up and down on the beds. There have been several UFO sightings reported that range from a wide variety of claims. Some say that there were lights in the sky that followed them for over two years and used their field as landing strips and left weird messages in the field and the crops. Other stories have been shared pertaining to triangular-shaped UFOs and bright balls of intense light that move beyond our earthly means faster than what we're accustomed to circular shaped crafts and even encounters with alien occupants from within a ufo there have been stories of creatures that have invaded some homes and roamed the halls turning the lights off and back on again they allegedly mumble dark rants as they do this and appear as tiny red humanoids one person relayed to me in their own words a creature growled and howled outside my window when my grandma had her stroke my personal opinion is this. There are many mysteries within the woods of Knockhamstiff, and there are many more completely weird yarns that have found their way to our local subculture. I have visited this area and have made several attempts to either prove the existence of these local tales or debunk them altogether. In my efforts, the results provide barely any evidence gathered at either site, and literally no one willing to speak with me about these legends. In other words, the ghost town of Knockhamstiff remains true to its reputation. Whether these are merely just urban legends or simply folklore that holds some small level of validity, there is one shining truth to all of this. That truth is that every one of us, regardless of being rich or poor, we are all universally fascinated with the unexplained. Hey guys, good news. The outrageously expensive little blue pill is now generic, which means you can get the prescription medication to treat ED at affordable prices. And Hems makes it extra affordable. You pay just 30 bucks for a month's supply. And right now, get your first online doctor's visit totally free when you go to 4 slash good. That's right, free, zero copay, no expensive appointments, no awkward face-to-face -face conversations to get your prescription. Hims connects you to doctors online who can evaluate you and, if appropriate, prescribe your ED medication. And a pharmacy sends it right to your door. 
HIMSS makes it affordable, private, and incredibly easy. Nobody likes dealing with ED. Now, thanks to HIMSS, nobody has to. And that's really good news. To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, 4hims.com slash good. That's 4hims.com slash good for your free online visit. F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash good. Family is big around here. We're family owned, family operated, family managed. And that means legacy. That means dependability. That means using Granger. With over 1.5 million products and knowledgeable product experts, Granger has whatever we need. And with same day pickup and next day delivery options, they have it whenever we need it. For over 90 years, businesses like ours have trusted Granger. Because, like family, Granger's got our back. Call, click Granger.com, or stop by to see for yourself. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Dave Grohl says that the Foo Fighters recorded their upcoming album. Their 10th album, isn't that neat? Uh, in California, and it turns out the house is haunted. They can't even tell you about the house because a lady is trying to sell it. Huh. They said, we found out about the history of the house, and I had to sign an effing non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell it. So I can't give away what happened there, but they set up a baby monitor. Things did happen. They did How see cool things. How cool is that? Um, their guitars would be detuned between sessions. All their settings on their soundboard would go back to zero. Their tracks would go missing. Some tracks didn't record while theirs would be there instead i guess like weird mic open noises okay like the yeah, yeah, yeah mic would just open and noises would be there sure when they walked into the house dave said i knew the vibes were definitely off but the sound was effing on he said <laughs> the, stuff. the vibes were off but the sound yes. was on he said stuff That's started happening awesome. almost right away and they got increasingly weirded out and that wild? Yeah, who would not? I mean, like that's yeah, that's really weird. I Once mean, like, this- you're recording, you're recording like one of the coolest albums that you could record. What your your tenth one, and then right. all of a sudden you're surrounded by a bunch of ghosts. <laughs> I love it. Once they sell that house, I bet we'll get more details. Well, yeah, you want to know ahead of time though that that's the house, right? Yes. Oh my god, I, it's kind of cool actually. Some people. Like, look for haunted houses. I, that's what I think, too. I think like eventually Parks, they could probably get more out of that house because that would be the place. Neil Parks would love that. Foo Fighters recorded there and it's haunted. Yep. He buys haunted items online. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're you're begging curses to be inside well, your honest. home. Neil, you know, he, he wants to hang out with the ghosts pretty bad. He does. Yes, man. he does. <laughs> he has some books written right now. You can check them out uh, or you can buy them online. Neil Parks, look for him. He's local and it's all the local haunts around here. Chillicothe, you name it. He has been there and he's written about it. Well, that's all for today. Well, this week for that matter. Thank you so much for joining me again for another fun-filled episode of Paranormally Speaking. Join me next week for more strange, bizarre macabre, paranormal, supernatural, unexplained, and otherworldly. This is the third season of me doing this, and on average, I have about 5.5 thousand listeners a week, and I thank you so much for tuning in, spreading the word, and sharing this content and this link with those that are also in your life and on your social media feed social networking, whatever you prefer to call it. Join me next week and have a great weekend. This is 4th of July weekend. Be careful out there. Neil Parks signing out.